What's going on guys? This is Sam from Dodgers Debrief and welcome to the first episode of the Dodgers Debrief podcast. Today we're going to take a look at some individual performances from the first week of spring training as well as my proposed 26-man opening day roster and uh, you know as well as the snubs from that roster, some prospects that could contribute throughout the season and uh, you know just some general MLB news to kind of round things out. Let's get into it. So the Dodgers are 3-2-2 two, and two in spring training uh, with you know the middle two being uh, two ties. But, you know, while these record doesn't really matter, I think, obviously, what we want to look for in spring training is, um, you know, players as individual performances. So here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through, you know, those that I thought were kind of most important or, um, you know, most impactful coming into spring in my mind or guys who, you know, kind of had uh, something to prove, maybe. So I think the first guy we should look at, obviously, is, um, you know, the Dodgers' big offseason move, signing uh, Trevor Bauer. And uh, we're not... Obviously, we're not going to talk about um, you know, he's pitching with his eyes closed, stuff like that. Just, you know, to me, that's kind of whatever. I'm just going to look at um, how he's actually looked on the field um, from my perspective. He's, uh, you know, he's looked pretty good, especially um, his breaking stuff, his curveball and slider, which, you know, I have trouble distinguishing between the two, have looked filthy. Um, but what's more interesting or something that I'm looking at more is his, his command has been a little bit shaky in his first uh, innings of both of his Starts, he went two innings the first time and three innings second time. But both times, he looked uh, much better to me after that. So as I was saying, he's mentioned this um, in a YouTube video he made over on his YouTube channel. And that he was he mentioned something about having trouble kind of locking in what he called his release point um, that early in the game. So that might be something else to uh, watch out for in other spring starts, and maybe even through the regular season, if he's having a little bit of trouble early um, locking in kind of his release point, where he's releasing his pitches, which can... Um, once he gets that figured out, that can really really tighten up his command, which I think will make him uh, really a, a devastating force on the mound. But, you know, in, in his five spring innings, he, he has looked good. I think I'm obviously expecting quite a lot from him based on the size of um, his contract. And so I think some of this analysis is probably a little bit nitpicky and unfair, but I would like to see um, that fastball command um, improve a little bit um, a little earlier in the games. But obviously that's something that we can work on, and it's still very early in the spring. And looking at um, kind of the next guess, next best important guy, in uh, my opinion, we're looking at Clayton Kershaw, who's made um, one spring start as a, uh, you know, it's his first time taking the mound as a World Series champion, so that's really cool, really important. Um, and, you know, he looked he looked pretty good, kind of like Bauer. His, um, his slider and curveball were both, um, like, devastating. They were both really, really phenomenal. Um, it was interesting to me because he used his slider as um, a little bit more of what you kind of traditionally think of as a wipeout slider from a power pitcher and pitching it more um, kind of in the dirt as opposed to kind of trying to overlay it with a fastball, which is, you know, interesting. I It's just, you know, something to keep an eye on. I think um, that might have just been the location for a specific batter, but it is something that I noticed and it looked really um, devastating in that sense and really was tricking some guys with that. So, um, yeah, his fastball wasn't quite on the level of his curveball and slider in this first start. Um, was hit a little bit. I believe he gave up two doubles on it and maybe had a little bit of hard hit, few hard hit outs as well. And that might be because the velocity was only sitting at um, 89 to 90 miles per hour as opposed to the you know kind of 91 to 92 it was last year. But he should be able to get this velocity higher um, throughout the spring. That's not super uncommon for a pitcher's velo to be a little bit low uh, in his first spring training start. But, you know, even if he can't get that velocity high, which you know, I'm really hoping he can, but I, I, I would be lying if I weren't um, a little nervous about that just because, you know, it's human nature, even though obviously 
no one else, or Roberts at least, doesn't seem too worried about it. So even if he can't, though, as I was saying, get the velocity higher, he'll still be you know, extremely effective by throwing um, primarily breaking balls as he did in 2020. I believe he threw, what, 60% breaking balls? Um, and, you know, those, as I was saying earlier, are absolutely disgusting and uh, almost unhittable if he locates them well. And if he's commanding that fastball well, again, his velocity isn't as important as uh, most of his other stuff in his arsenal. Um, also, something to note, he um, threw two change-ups, I believe, in that start. And that's kind of, you know, it's kind of a annual Clayton Kershaw spring training story is, you know, this change-up, and is he going to actually incorporate it in the regular season? He only threw a few last year, regular season, but that's definitely something um, to keep an eye on if he, if he thinks his change-up is looking good and wants to, um, you know, try to work that into games a little bit more. So continuing on the uh, kind of starting pitching narrative, Walker Buehler um, made his second start today and looked not great. I didn't I didn't get a chance to actually watch this one, but I saw um, the homers he gave up and I saw his first start and you know he has been he's been pretty bad. But um, you know what's most important is that he's building himself up on pace uh, with kind of the other starters, which is new for him because. I believe he had a minor injury in spring training 2018 and was kind of ramped up very slowly and struggled to begin the season. And he arrived to summer camp last year, not quite as built up as some of the other starters in kind of a similar situation. It was, you know, struggled through his first four starts to begin the year. But, um, you know, the most important thing for him right now is that he is built up, uh, even though he's struggling, and that he is actually throwing strikes in all his starts. I don't believe he might have walked someone in his first start, but he didn't walk anybody in his three innings today, which is... Know, very important. Uh, so even if he's getting hit a little bit, his command is good, and um, he's going to be ready to um, make kind of six or seven inning starts to begin the season, which is very important. I'm hoping he can just get his, uh, you know, four to five bad starts to start off the season, you know, over with in spring training. So if we quickly want to um, talk a little bit about the bullpen, so some of the most, a lot of those roles are pretty um, established with guys just kind of, you know, coming in every uh, three to four days and throwing an inning or so, but um, I think standouts for me so far have been um, Blake Trident and Victor Gonzalez, who have looked uh, phenomenal. Trident threw, I believe, thrown two innings and has looked good. Uh, I think struggled with command a little bit in his first one, but kind of found it, got some strikeouts, and his breaking ball and, um, you know, that kind, of, kind of his trademark sinker looked fantastic in his second inning, where I believe he struck out too. And uh, sim- similarly, Victor Gonzalez has looked fantastic as usual. You know, I really think he's... Um, one of the most underrated relievers on the team and, you know, in baseball. He was fantastic last year by all respects using, um, you know, if you want to look at some traditional stats like ERA and whip or if you want to look at um, some more advanced things like, like barrel rate, walk rate, strikeout rate. Like he was really just fantastic all around. And I think he's going to be a complete weapon out of the bullpen and has shown no signs of slowing down the spring. So that's been, um, you know, really, really good for, to see for me. And uh, the two young guys, Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin, who we'll talk about this a little bit more when I talk about, you know, my uh, proposed roster. But I do not have either of them in the starting rotation, but I do have them both making the team uh, as relievers. So we'll be, talk, be talking about them in that sense. May came in through two innings um, a few days ago, looked really good. His breaking stuff looked much better than it did last season, but he did enter kind of a funk for two batters where he had trouble throwing strikes. So that's definitely something uh, to continue working on with him is just making sure he's consistently throwing strikes and not getting his mechanics and release point a little bit out of whack. Tony Gonsolin, who obviously has been fantastic in the regular season for the Dodgers the past few years, and was really uh, quite terrible in the playoffs last year. There's no way around it, but you know he did have his rhythm messed up by not pitching for about two and a half weeks, 
before he made his first postseason appearance. I was glad to see, though, that he looked um, like the nasty uh, and fantastic Tony Gonsolin of the regular season, especially in 2019, in his spring training starts. I believe he's thrown uh, three innings, a few strikeouts, maybe maybe one walk, but he's looked, looked really good. His command has looked much better than it did during the playoffs, and as well as his... Um, you know, his splitter and fastball and change, they've all looked, um, you know, much, much better than they did in the playoffs. So I'm really relieved to kind of see that that does appear to be more of an uh, aberration than uh, kind of a, a total regression kind of thing. So if we look at a few at a few new guys joining the team this year out of the bullpen, um, Knable, uh, Corey Knable and um, Jimmy Nelson, they both they kind of, you know, okay. Nelson threw um, one inning the other day, and his stuff was uh, – his fastball, curveball, they looked okay, but he was getting hit a little bit on the fastball. And his command wasn't great, but he did throw a really, really good curveball to get out of the inning. So that was nice to see that, um, you know, he does have it a little bit. And you know, he's healthy, which is the most important thing with Jimmy Nelson. He's had a really hard time staying healthy the past few years. Um, and if he does, uh, if he is able to stay healthy through spring, he will um, be built up as a starting pitcher. But I do think that he'll start off in uh, AAA as a starter. Looking a little bit more at uh, Corey Knable, he kind of is in a similar situation where his stuff looked pretty good, but his command, again, was a little shaky. Uh, but he was much better in his second outing um, in terms of in terms of uh, command. He was some really good um, kind of fastballs, right, kind of low in the zone, kind of dying in the corners, getting guys looking at some really, really nasty curveballs. So I think if he can continue to um, improve and um, get better with his command a little bit, he's going to be um, a big part of this bullpen. So now it's time to, as it always seems to be, talk about uh, Kenley Jansen. And if you follow me um, on Twitter or know me at all, you know I am a ride-or-die Kenley Jansen fan. And you know what? We are riding right now, baby, because he looked fantastic in his um, his first inning of spring training the other day. And he looked um, you know, okay. Um, I believe he pitched today. So his mechanics did get... Um, a little bit out of whack between those two um, innings, and I believe he plunked a guy in, in BP and was kind of a little bit all over the place. But he, again, as I said, he looked pretty good today, and um, definitely, as, Ro- as Robert said, he looked much better than in that uh, live batting practice session. So I think that's a problem that has been fixed, hopefully, but that does happen to him sometimes. His mechanics get a little bit out of whack and it affects his velocity. So hopefully, um, that won't be something that happens again. But again, it's not really something I'm worried about because it seems like a pretty easy fix, um, especially since his stuff has been looking very good. Uh, yeah, as I said, the most important thing, you know, when he's mechanically right is his stuff, um, especially in that inning he pitched um, a few days ago. He looked absolutely dirty. I mean, he was um, a pitch away from an immaculate inning. He struck out for his first two batters he faced on uh, three pitches and got the next guy in an 0-2 count to hit kind of a weak ground ball in the infield. So that was great. He looks as though, someone pointed this out on Twitter, he looks as though he's throwing a, more, a little bit more of an overhand motion than he did last year, and he's kind of throwing his cutter right in the zone instead of trying to get guys to um, chase it up or chase up and in or kind of try, try and jam them and get them hit grounders. And I think that shows a lot of confidence on his part that he has done work over the offseason. And, um, you know, he really has. Um, he's got He's got good stuff, and he feels good about his stuff. And I think that's really important, especially for a guy who's pitching Late games and the Rockies really, especially in that first game, they just had absolutely nothing on it. They were just watching it go by them and swinging and missing at um, the fastball, also, which is good to see. Kind of a similar thing today. He got fewer um, swings and misses or strikeouts, but he was very efficient uh, getting um, 
three outs on 12 pitches, seven of which were strikes. That was really good to see as well. And I'm feeling um, very confident with him as starting the season as our closer. Because uh, he was a lot better than, you know, pe- people think last year. Obviously, you hear kind of, you know, you bring up Kenley Jansen and kind of everyone goes crazy. But I think he's really been, um, he really improved a lot in 2020 as opposed to 2018 and 2019. Um, just in the level of stuff, he got hit way less hard. Um, actually, in fact, interesting point, nobody got hit um less hard than Kenley Jansen in 2020, which is great to see. He's not giving up the kind of home runs and bombs he was um, a few years ago, and he seems to be at least on his way back to something resembling 2017, or at least not quite as bad as 2018 and 2019. So that's really um, good to see. But I would like to um, see him improve his command from 2020, which has been actually I think one of the most exciting things for me to see in these two outings that I was talking about. He didn't walk anyone, which is really good to see. He's attacking the zone. He's being aggressive. I love it. So just going into um, some positions player stuff real quick, I want to give a shout-out to Justin Turner, who's been playing some really uh, a really incredible defense. Um, and obviously it's been talked about a lot that he does look very slimmed down from um, last year. And I think a lot of that is, um, you know, his beard is trimmed a lot. But I also um, think we can credit that to this, the diet that he's doing, um, the Whole30 diet, which I, I looked it up because I was curious. It looks awful. Basically anything that tastes good you can't eat. But I'm sure you want to hear a little bit more about what he's done in that sense and what he's done over the offseason to improve, um, especially just being able to stay healthy over uh, a full season after only playing uh, about 60 games last year. You should listen to um, his podcast he does with his wife, Holding Court. Additionally, uh, Cody Bellinger, um, who obviously, after hitting that huge home run in Game 7 of the NLCS, um, hurt his shoulder, which has you know popped out a few times before. He got that fixed with a surgery this offseason. And uh, he hopes to be playing in um, spring training games by the end of next week or so. But um, yeah, he's way ahead of schedule in that sense, which is great, and should be fine for opening day. So just a quick update, quick update on that. Bellinger is doing great, and I think that's going to be really important. He kind of struggled a lot to begin the season last year and got into kind of another slump in the middle. But he showed for a few times last year he was quite good and finished the season really strong and uh, played pretty well in the playoffs. So I'm excited to have him back, and he's going to be a big part of um, 2021. As you know, he is like a serious MVP candidate. I think people forget about it a lot because, you know, they expect so much from him, but he's going to be a huge part of the Dodgers winning another championship in 2021. So it is now that time to look at my proposed 26-man roster. Um, so we're just going to start off with um, pitching and kind of move our way uh, through the outfield, the bench, and uh, catching, which is pretty obvious. So uh, here we go. So I have right-handed pitcher Trevor Bauer, right-handed pitcher Walker Bueller, left-handed pitcher Clayton Kershaw, and left-handed pitcher David Price, as well as left-handed pitcher Julio Urias, rounding out the um, the starting five. I think that number five spot could, you know, in theory, be um, up for debate with regards to um, you know Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May both kind of profiling long-term at least as starters. But I think that um, Urias, the talent level and the stuff, is uh, as well as kind of like the maturity and competitiveness, competitive, competitiveness, excuse me, on the mound is. Um, kind of unmatched in that sense. And I think what we saw in the playoffs, like I think um, he's going to break out and be maybe even a Cy Young candidate. So I, th- I do think he's earned um, that spot. But obviously that could be something that cycled through a little bit throughout the year as they try to make sure um, guys stay healthy with going up so many innings from uh, last year. So if you move a little bit into the bullpen, we're looking at um, right-handed pitcher Dustin May, right-handed pitcher Tony Gonsolin, left-handed pitcher Victor Gonzalez, right-handed pitcher Bruce Dard Gratterall, Right-handed pitcher Kenley Jansen, right-handed pitcher Blake Trinan, left-handed pitcher Alex Vesia, and right-handed pitcher Corey Knable.
So I think what's kind of interesting here is, well, first of all, Knebel obviously isn't necessarily a lock to make the team because he has been um, hurt in the past and wasn't great last year, but I think what we've seen in spring training has been encouraging and the Dodgers see a lot they like from him. It's also um, more likely since Joe Kelly is apparently, according to Dave Roberts today, quote-unquote, a ways away from um, being healthy enough to be ready to pitch in a game or on the team. Um, you know, that's oh, that's interesting because Kelly, he always has some sort of phantom mystery injury, and you know, I like the guy, but I got to say he's not really hurting the team too much by not playing. He can be really inconsistent and uh, does scare me sometimes with, with the walks and sometimes getting up some hard hits. So that's not really um, a problem. I'd, I'd much rather have um, Knable, I think, on the roster. Kind of similarly, I have both Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin making the roster as kind of relievers, or maybe um, you know maybe long relievers, and they piggyback them on starts with some guys. We'll see what happens with that. But I think that um, both of them have pitched well enough in their careers, as well as in um, spring tenure, had to earn a spot, and I think they'll help us a lot on a big league team as opposed to being in AAA. Um, and I think that's especially the case since um, Brandon Morrow hasn't pitched in a spring training game yet, which is has been the plan. Um, for the Dodgers, just because he hasn't pitched um, really competitively since 2018 due to injuries. So I think that um, that makes it more likely that he won't make the opening day roster. He'll get ramped up in AAA, which means Dustin May and Tony Gosselin probably will be uh, on that roster. So um, looking kind of the other spot on here that isn't exactly a lock, um, look at left-handed pitcher Alex Vesia, whom I chose to be the second lefty on this roster. You know, this might be this spot might be kind of a toss up between Scott Alexander, Vesia, and Garrett Clevenger, but I chose Vesia because I think um, he he's the youngest of the bunch and probably has the best overall raw stuff, and he's looked a little bit better to me than Clevenger, um, but you know I think um, that could be a toss up there, and it might just be something the club chooses with having a little bit more information than I do. I don't have Alexander making the team because um, he's just when he's on he can be pretty nasty, but he has oftentimes a lot of trouble throwing strikes and hasn't looked great in the spring. So I definitely think he'll be up with the team at some point, but um, I'd rather, I'd give the spot to Vessier right now, I think, especially with uh, his potential with a really good fastball that he calls the invisible because it's so hard sometimes for batters to see. Interesting. Hopefully um, makes it seem like he's got a pretty good, pretty good stuff there and has a great strikeout to walk numbers. Um, in the minor leagues with um, a changeup to go with that, quote-unquote, invisible. So plowing ahead here into the outfield, this is kind of a pre- pretty easy um, category here. We've got Mookie Betts in right, A.J. Pollock in left, and Cody Bellinger um, in center. I think, you know, Bellinger might, is the only kind of question here is, will he be healthy enough? All signs point to yes. So this should be um, pretty much a lock in the outfield, although I do think we'll have some bench guys playing there occasionally just to give um, those kind of those three guys rest, and especially if uh, anybody gets hurt, which, you know, Pollock often does, although I was really encouraged by what we saw from him last year in terms of, you know, really, really quite good production and um, staying healthy. So I've got high hopes there that we won't need um, too many extra guys out there. So kind of similarly to um, the infield, excuse me, the outfield, the infield is very um, kind of locked. So at first base, we've got um, Max Muncy, who I'm expecting a pretty good bounce-back season from based on his really good um, showing, especially with um, the walks and power in the playoffs. Um, second At second base, I've got a, kind of, to start the year, a platoon of Gavin Lux and Chris Taylor, although I do expect Lux to win um, a lot of that playing time 
at second because he's looked fantastic this spring. He's been he's been really aggressive, um, swinging at the first pitch a lot, which he wasn't doing at all last year. He kind of get very down to the count and strike out. So I see that he's doing things uh, Seager style, which is uh, really good to see. Um, so the two of them, I think, will split a lot of time at second base with eventually Lux taking over more, playing that position every day, and Taylor kind of becoming more of a, a utility guy but still getting kind of the same amount of at-bats. At shortstop, obviously, that's going to be Corey Seager. Um, you know, World Series and NLCS MVP, obviously. He raked last season, so I'm expecting more really good things from him. Uh, third base, we have the re-signed Justin Turner, who's looked great over there defensively. Um, and obviously we know he just can just hit and hit and hit until the end of the world probably. Um, kind of at a, in a utility role, kind of first base, third base, maybe a little DH if we do have the DH. Um, Edwin Rios, I have him on the roster over um, Matt Beatty. I just think he has more power potential. He actually has, I think this everyone kind of knows this by now, but it's cool to mention. Um, he has, you know, in a very small sample size, the um, greatest home run per at-bat rate in MLB history, which is really cool. But he also, I think, is a better defender um, than Beatty, and he just has a better potential, I think, as a player and hitter. So I'd have him on there. But Beatty has looked good this spring, and unfortunately I couldn't find a spot for him on this roster. But I do think that he will be up at some point and contribute a lot. So the last kind of utility infielder, I guess you could say, although he can play a little bit of outfield too, is uh, Zach McKinstry, who's looked great this spring. And since his 2019 breakout in the minors, has just done nothing but hit and hit and hit. So I think um, he does make the opening day roster. He made his MLB debut last year, and I remember he got his first hit. And... Um, you know, did okay in a few at-bats, but I, I'm really excited to see a lot more from him. I think he can replace a lot of um, Kike Hernandez's production, which is, you know, Kike, one of my favorite players, a really sad loss, but I do think on the field will be okay with uh, McKinstry. And um, if we get a little bit into, um, if we're talking about the bench, I, maybe I should have mentioned him with outfielders, you know, but um, DJ Peters, I think, has been kind of a prospect we've been hearing about for, you know, kind of forever and has been kind of blocked. But I do really think um, it's his time, and I think he's going to make this opening day roster. He's looked phenomenal uh, this spring training. And, you know, strikeouts have always been a problem for him. Um, we know what he can do, obviously, power-wise. He's a huge power bat. Um, but he's had almost as many walks as strikeouts this spring training and has hit um, two towering home runs. I mean, the dude just hit tanks. Um, I have him making this kind of this last bench spot over um, – Beatty because he's right-handed and it'll just balance the lineup out better and I think he's more potential and also over um, Matt Davidson because he's Peters is younger and better defensively I think and he has he I mean he has looked better at camp uh, at the plate uh, with fewer strikeouts and over um, newly acquired Sheldon Noisy because Noisy hasn't really impressed me a ton um, in spring training doesn't obviously doesn't mean he's bad or anything just I think it doesn't mean that he's ready to make the team necessarily out of um, camp I think Peters will be more valuable in that sense we've already got um, I think we'd use the utility outfielder instead of the utility infielder just based on the roster construction and then if we get the catchers um, this is pretty pretty easy I mean it's Will Smith and Austin Barnes Uh, Smith obviously has been the best hitting catcher in baseball since he came up and has really been one of the best hitters um, in the league he's been fantastic with his hard hit rate he doesn't chase any pitches he doesn't strike out he's phenomenal and to Austin Barnes, who's one of the best framers um, in the league, and we really saw him kind of take over the catching role with Smith DHing in, um, you know, in the playoffs last year, which has been um, so. I think as Roberts said, there'll be kind of one A and one B with Smith getting playing. I think maybe three out of five days, and Barnes playing two out of five, and probably still um, catching Kershaw in that sense. That's a really really good um, catching one two punch. So that is my twenty six man roster. If Got, you know, guys, you can tweet at me. Um, 
leave comments, all that kind of stuff, what you think of the roster, and uh, how you would construct it. Before we get into some more um, general MLB news, I think um, just a few notes um, about some some of the uh, international players actually having issues. Um, Keeper Ruiz has finally arrived at camp after having some visa issues. Obviously not his fault, just really annoying, and he should be playing in a game by uh, the end of next week, so hopefully his kind of ramp-up hasn't been delayed a ton, but he obviously wasn't making the team out of the gate, so that shouldn't really be an issue. And uh, Brizdar Gratterall, uh, you know, the bazooka, he was not able to pitch really off a mountain in Venezuela. I think there may be some more going on with that over the offseason. Um, so they're, he's, they're kind of taking very slow with him, but hopefully he will be um, in a game soon as well. So I do still, still think he'll be making the opening day roster because they don't need him built up a ton because he is kind of you know that single-inning relief pitcher. So just to kind of you know round this thing out a little bit with... Um, I want to talk about some just kind of general MLB news because obviously I am you know, personally a fan of the MLB and I think it's really important uh, not to just be kind of a fan of the team but of the sport as well. So just looking at a few things, um, Phillies catcher JT Real Muto, uh, you know, he's probably the best all-around catcher in baseball. He broke his thumb um, a few weeks back at the beginning of spring training, but he is on track to return for opening day, which is huge for the Phillies because they are not even close to one of the best teams in their um, division, probably the most competitive division in baseball, the NL East, with uh, the Braves, Mets, and maybe the Nationals all ahead of the Phillies. At least the Braves and Mets are by quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm not expecting the Phillies to be very good or make the playoffs, but if they are, they're gonna, if they're going to have a chance, they are going to need Real Muto. So that's um, really great to see that one of the best catchers in baseball and you know a huge piece for the Phillies is, should be on his way to be okay for opening day. Uh, the Houston Astros, who you know obviously I hate, but um, that's another story for another day, replaced um, their young ace, Framber Valdez, who broke his finger and might might miss the season. I'm not exactly sure what's going on that with that. They signed um, you know kind of free agent holding out Jake Odorizzi um, to be a starting pitcher for them. It, you know it's not nearly the same production. So I don't think this is going to help them a ton. I do think um, Valdez getting hurt might have cost them their playoff chances, but their division is really weak. So, you know, they might they might sneak in there by by winning that uh, kind of weak AL West with kind of the Rangers who, who suck, the Angels doing nothing to help Mike Trout get to the playoffs, and the A's who got – I mean, they got worse this offseason, and, you know, I never know what their plan is, but losing Hendricks is going to hurt them a lot, I think. Anyways, I digress. Um and the, you know, the Mariners are not good either, so they're not really a threat. They also need um, their star third baseman, Alex Bregman, back from a sore hamstring, but that should be happening soon. So, you know, as much as I hate to see it, the Astros look as though they are in, you know, a little bit worse place than they were a few days ago with Valdez healthy, but they're they're probably winning that division to make the playoffs. So it is what it is. Uh, interestingly, just today, a star third baseman and one of the best players in baseball, at least one of the best all-around hitters in baseball, Jose Ramirez and his teammate Fran Mo Reyes on the uh, I, Indians. I don't know if they're still called the Indians. Just the, the Cleveland baseball team um, broke COVID protocols by eating inside um, at a restaurant. And Reyes also broke it by getting a haircut. I mean, I don't know. That seems like kind of a dumb reason. You know, embrace the flow, dude. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's kind of, you know, a dumb move on their part, but probably not a big issue for um, Cleveland or the team. And, you know, it, it is hard. Um especially if you're used to kind of spring training and kind of do whatever you want, having the, having the protocols. Like, I get it, but, you know, come on, man. Um, you know, that's, I think, what I've got for you guys in this first episode. Um, you know, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it and trying to get this uh, podcast off the ground. If you enjoy the show, please leave um, a rating and review and uh, share it with other Dodgers fans or even just other baseball fans. 
if you want. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam underscore Shearer 99. That's S-A-M underscore S-C-H-E-R-E-R 99. And uh, if you also you guys want to check out my blog, DodgersDebrief.com, spelling is the same as the podcast title. Um, there I'll be posting articles about the Dodgers throughout spring training and the regular season. And that is all linked in the episode description below. I will see you guys for the next podcast next Monday.